Yeah, I think it's where like a, a service-based agreement turns into a, a true partnership where what we're doing on the ad side is directly benefiting the growth of their business, but also aiding in making better and more effective business decisions. Like, hey, these leg, these lead magnets are going to be a great acquisition tool. Let's work together. Let's get email sequences, SMS sequences, and sales sequences bolted onto these because you're going to generate more money. Or yeah. the client having questions, mm -hmm. they're considering moving into the Spanish market. So we translated ads, translated copy, and started running ads in Spanish to see, hey, what are the results? Is there some low-hanging fruit? Are we getting some signals that there is you know, some market share to be had in the Spanish market? Um, that test was unsuccessful, but you're just turning it into a partnership where you can start mm -hmm. really working together to not just like, hey, let's, let's run ads to, to sell this product. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello. So this is just going to be a conversation uh, today. You know, we've been talking about brand building, and we've been talking about we've been talking about brand building and full funnel and content marketing and boosting content marketing and organic growth and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're going to talk about one client uh, who did that and you two were instrumental or part of a team who is instrumental in making that happen. So I guess how, how far back should we start at the beginning? Like when they came to us, do we, how shall we? Yeah, I think Federico can shed some more light because I, I've been on the account for, well, a year now. Um, so last July is when I came onto the account. So they were they were with the agency for a while before I came onto the account. So some of the stuff in your article, like the conversion tracking issues and the account bans and a lot of that stuff was before my time. And I have pretty much no knowledge of that. So I think Federico would be able to shed a little bit more context mm -hmm. on, on those things if you're wanting to, to dig in when it comes into the more of the strategy of what we're doing now, that is like, I can remember like the moment when it happened, like mm -hmm. when we started to kind of go a little bit deeper down that path. So I'm happy to, to shed some light on that, but I think Federico can kind of dig into like when they came on and how it all kind of started. Yeah. I'm just looking at the notes and the graph that you saw was, there was a presentation we did for for this guy named Polo, and he was like the director of marketing, of head of marketing for Curry Berkler. And um, so we wanted to do like a recap of what we've done ever since that uh, we onboarded them. And yeah, 2020 was the, the pre tier 11 times. And then they got, uh, as you can see on the on the graph, the, the spend was really low. Mm. And if it's I'm only not mistaken, a month, right? Yeah, and just and Facebook. Yes, I, uh, I don't know about, about Google. I'm not sure um, when they started with Google because we first mm -hmm. started with just Facebook, and then we we started doing the Google side too. They were. It appears to me that they were uh, happy enough to say, "Okay, let's take this other channel and do it." YouTube. They, they, they were doing Google with another agency. Um, I don't know when they started with Google. 
um, uh, September 2020, they got their account shut down. I think prior to working with us, they were they were under the credit category in Facebook, which means a lot of restrictions in terms of targeting and yeah, mainly targeting. So we changed their um, we had to change their whole business category, is what I'm hearing. Like major on top of like the landing page changes we did later. Um, yeah, the, the but thing even that, like how they were set up and appeared on the platforms had to change. The, that the the credit category is something specific about uh, some special categories that you need to say to Facebook. Hey, I'm in the housing, in the credit, into, mm-hmm. but it's not the case specifically for because they're they don't do uh, they don't lend people money. It's not credit, mm-hmm. but the the credit is in, in in its name. So they were in that category and. It was it was mainly I think a mistake on the on the previous agency side. Mm. So I think no, something about that. Ramifications. Yeah, something about that got them the ad account shut down. I think it was September, October, twenty twenty. I think they were onboarded on December, and we started working on like February on the the account, and on March we started driving wow. traffic. So yeah, the I think Ange pulled some strings or talked to some people and they got the ad account back up. Um, I'm laughing because these are things we probably can't say. <laughs> which, it, <laughs> yeah, it very rarely happens. So like we we have another account, another client recently where we had, we tried to get a a disabled account reactivated and we weren't able to. Mm. Yeah, and as you probably know, Lando, I. I'm think I'm I'm guessing it was something about credit, but you never know why. Or maybe not the specific reason or a specific ad or a specific thing that finally triggered the ad account is being disabled. So I think mm-hmm. that was the issue. And that's what I heard that some strings were pulled and the ad account was back up and we haven't got any problems since. And as you can see on the graph, we started with little and it was like really really gradual growth and then there's a, a peak i think it's uh august 2021 uh yeah and that's when the account exploded when we started leveraging uh, all the videos that they had from the millionaires and sort of it was like complete bananas uh, so it's, and yeah, it sounds yeah. like how much do you think the regulatory pressure led to them relying and us, of course, relying on organic more and, and like, it seems like a little bit chicken and egg, right? So, you know, they had such a rich library and, you know, we're on board with producing more and we were on board with boosting it and, you know, helping them, you know, devise even more strategy for, for growing that side. But I'm sure some of it was, Hey, they could get shut down. And this is, I mean, any business, right. Can get their account shut down if they, they do things wrong. But for them, especially it was, it sounded like happy, happy coincidences all at once. Right. So they, they wanted maybe wanted more organic just to not have all of their eggs and, you know, add baskets, but that boosts ad results. And so it's actually supporting their efforts rather than being that buffer. Is that correct? 
maybe from I'm gonna say something like quick. It, it works good in, in copy, but I don't that's not quite how it all shook out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that it's like uh in terms of their account being disabled, I think I think they were ecstatic that we, we could start running traffic and scaling as fast as we did and getting good results because the previous year, just a few months earlier, they were spending very little restricted and they were not getting anything. So mm. I think it was like this guy's rock because we, we started scaling the, the account in terms of not on our own spend, but also with results. So I think the organic side is just they're they're savvy as, as a business. They they know and, and the and the head of the business, the CEO, it's extremely charismatic. It's a nice guy on and off camera, and you can tell. So people relate and he has a good backstory. Uh it's like the I think we should explore and explode that more because uh he got he was bankrupt and he started there was a, a, a an error on, on a bank and, and he was bankrupt and they wouldn't take back the error so he started researching how to do it himself so he fixed his own credit and then mm -hmm. that one thing led to another and he now has a multi-billion dollar business other people uh, yeah and that's like the, the true the, authentic story that you want for every every brand yeah. right i mean you can manufacture it but it's always nicer when it is coming from a place of authenticity of real lived experience of like, you just can't, I don't know. That's the gold <laughs> when somebody yeah. actually has a story with emotions and facts and they lived it. Um, and, and that's just so powerful and that's contagious. Yeah. They, they have, they take content and organic very seriously they have social media people on their team. The owner of the company has a podcast. They repurpose that across all of their social platforms. They have a fairly large social following. None of what we've done have we ever measured the byproduct of growth in terms of how many new followers. But if you think of over the last two years, there's been multiple seven figures of ad spend spent across Google and Facebook. No doubt that that has added tens of thousands of followers to their Facebook page, their Instagram page, to their email list, and now on to like their TikTok and things like that. But which all eventually adds up. Like exactly. It's just that it's, it's a measure, compounding but... effect of a lot of the things that have been done over the last few years when you're spending that much money and creating content, it just naturally starts to build your brand. And the brand building then starts to trickle down into how your organic or how your branded search campaigns are doing on Google. Like these are things that you can't necessarily identify unless you're viewing everything as a whole. So a lot of the results that we see and decisions we make never would have been able to be possible if we wouldn't have got all of the tracking sorted out, got them onto wicked reports, got them into a solution where we could see how the company is doing as a whole. But I think a lot of the the content from where we came from a strategic point was they had a blog post announcing a new version release of their software. It was like the 2.0 release. And mm -hmm. so there was ads just driving people to that page for their existing, for their warm audience. 
And to this day, over a year later, that still has an extremely positive ROI. The ROAS on that campaign is like consistently 1.5 and above. So that definitely started to open up the idea and thought around driving people to tr- to organic content. And that's and, a blog post that other brands might have just made like a press release, right? Like exactly. a footnote on their website, not a blog post that then got boosted. Um, it was part of the launch, actually. Mm. We did like a, a few weeks of launch because it was it was a big deal. It was a version mm-hmm. 2.0 of the platform, and they've been working on that for years. So there was a whole strategy and and ramping up. And that was just one part. And and the rest stopped because the launch happened. And that one was still performing <laughs> and was performing really, really great. So we let it run for a few months. And then those months become a year. And, and that was the launch was some, um, I think it was March 2022. So it's a year and a half. Yeah. Still running. And then there was the the point when we started to ramp up when I was on board was when we saw one of the reports from the Performance Max campaigns. And we saw that mm-hmm. one of the top performing landing pages was a blog post. And it was like five mm-hmm. steps to or like five ways to remove, like, remove a hard inquiry after a credit report. So Performance Max is like you just put some assets in there and... It goes out and it gets the traffic. You don't have as much control over it. It's like a little bit of a black box, but you could see these like where it was sending traffic and you could see that mm-hmm. the, this blog post was getting a lot of conversions. So then we started to go, okay, let's start creating ads and driving traffic to that blog post. And it worked. So then we started to do more of that, more blog posts, more lead magnets, more video view campaigns. And then that's where we just saw, like, over the course of measuring three months to three months, we increased the spend on those types of ads by, like, 60%. I believe it's, like, 55% while remaining stable in terms of our ROAS. So no decrease in performance from reallocating spend. But we generated, like, an additional 13,000 leads. Nice. That's so I know that, Yeah. And it's like that now we're just going to continue to push harder and on on that side of things and just continue to ramp that up more educational more answering people's questions you know and mm-hmm. this is such a painful topic that i mean i don't say it sells itself because nothing sells itself but if you prove yourself to be valuable and approachable and giving good information and you make it easy on those pages for people to then take the next step it'll happen like you don't always have to be really aggressive about it. Um, that's the beauty of this content, I think. Especially, I think, in these categories that are sensitive and fairly competitive. Like credit isn't a, isn't a blue ocean. Credit is very saturated, very competitive. People have seen, you see TV ads all the time for credit-related offers. You see billboards. So as you can start mm-hmm. to... Remove so there's many programs a, like this. Exactly. So when you can start to go, okay, we're just going we're gonna we're gonna lead with content, we're gonna lead with value, we're gonna lead with identifying how we can deliver value to people, 
and then we're just driving traffic to a blog post and that then we see you know they had a 1.75x ROAS we're like holy shit like we didn't even expect it to work that well and we're like okay well let's let's just continue to do more of that like it's working mm-hmm. but they're they're like a, in a little bit of a interesting in terms of how they position themselves so they technically are a biz op company is what they technically mm. are they sell a business opportunity they tell they teach people how to create a credit repair business and then we started to see a lot of their cuz a lot of their content is just around fixing credit so mm-hmm. then we started to also push on hey let's start to explore this more around helping people fix their own credit because we're seeing a lot of signals supporting that and then they also had a couple of their lawsuits were on the biz op side for like mm-hmm. income claims along with some other things because the TC has been hitting everybody. <laughs> there's there's another organization that monitors. It's like the telemarketing. There's certain like very specific things that you have to follow with phone sales, and they like broke a couple of those rules. And then there's pending lawsuits for that, and then the pending lawsuits with uh, I don't think I don't think it's directly with the FTC, but it's on. Um, it's like a BOR ruling, business opportunity regulations or mm. something like that. So their new message is a lot softer, no claim. There's a lot fewer claims being made. We're not, the messaging is much less hypey and mm. it is much more like fix your own credit, help other people fix their credit is like the new message that's really taking the forefront. Which I think in a lot of ways, I mean, does does match their vibe of like really wanting to help people, and it doesn't seem like the switch has too negatively affected them. I mean, we're in direct response, right? So there's always this hesitation of like, oh no, we have to we have to keep selling, we have to keep making these 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 pitches and come up with new offers and all kinds of stuff. And this just goes to show that maybe not. You know, you got a strong brand, you got a strong message, you're actually helping people. You know, at tier eleven, we want to focus on. You know, we want to focus. We do focus on brands that that are purpose driven and that have a, a compelling vision and a why. This client clearly does, and it's resonating with people. You know, even without the hard, the hard pitch. Um, I don't know. I think some of it's unique to this industry in that. Um, you know, you try it. You didn't. You don't know that the credit works the way it does, right? If you have credit problems, it's because. You know, you probably came, you, you experienced things, you come from a, a background that isn't so great, and then you don't know the rules. And at least here in America, like you flub once and you're done. You get, you go to college and you're done. Like, <laughs> you know, you get a medical bill, you know, you're done. So, you know, you don't know. And then once you learn the rules, it's like, holy crap, I want to tell other people, oh, I can make money helping other people, helping my friends, my family. I know people who have this because it's everybody. Like, it's an entire generation at this point with crap credit. So the market is technically huge. And if you approach it the right way, that makes people feel good. Like they're not engaging in a scam. Like I can see it working well. Yeah. And they have thousands of trust pilot reviews and some of the most successful ads we've had on the account since the beginning have been literally just organic posts, things that were posted either for onto their feeds natively or like even things that they're 
clients and customers have posted that we've been able to turn into ads. That for the most part, those, even in conversion ads, the ones that were taken from organic content, I'd say, what, like almost two out of three of our top performing ads have come from organic posts. Yes. Wow. How instrumental would you two say that Wicked Reports has been? Um, I know we've been talking a lot lately here at Tier 11 about the importance of third-party reporting. We especially love Wicked Reports. Um, You mentioned before that we got them on Wicked Reports. I know I saw there was a bit of like making sure the codes were in the right place. There were some issues. I guess they were using it before us and um, we cleaned that up a little bit. Like how, I guess, can you two speak to that? Any of that, I guess. Yeah, I'd love to hear what Federico thinks on it. Uh, I think it's huge. Um, ever since iOS, I remember those days. It, the it was media buyers freaking out everywhere, numbers not matching, and and it was complete madness. Uh, I think it was the it's, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I, I say it's like 70% if you if you want to measure it, um, because at the beginning we started looking at both and and then it was, it's, it's impossible to check both and see any correlation. So having that source of truth and, and relying on that one is that it's like changed the game for, for the account. Mm. Um, it was it was madness because there were at the beginning I was tracking both and I was going crazy because never things never matched and if they get attributed to different things on different on 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 the ad platform and then on the third party tool so at one moment we said okay we're gonna just trust the third party tool and that's our source of truth and and that's that um, it it helped and there's that's uh the aragon is kind of big in terms of the number of campaigns and the number of ad sets inside those campaigns so it's going through the complete ad account takes like i don't know 30 minutes if you if you're thorough and you're looking at every ad set and every ad and you have to look at both sides and <laughs> ads manager and and weaker reports and they they show the da- data differently and they're organized differently, so it's kind of tricky. Uh, I say it's it was huge, uh, just just huge. So it saved time. It helped prevented prevent some of these mixed signals. Um, they yeah. you make the wrong decisions. I'm guessing you pick the wrong one. You yeah, read think, something the wrong way. Yeah, I think it's the a real big thing is better decision-making from not only a media buying point of view, but a business point of view. For example, if we look at just our ROAS on Google, like our Google branded search has like a 65X ROAS. And then Mm. when we look at Google as a whole, it's like a 16X. And then our Facebook is like a 1.3. And then when you bring the blended of those together, Whereas if you were just looking at those in isolation, you'd be like, okay, well, let's stop spending on Facebook. Let's just start spending on Google because the ROAS is so much better. 
but in actuality, they work together in order to generate those results. If you were just to turn off the Facebook tap, it's going to hinder the results that you're seeing on Google. And that Mm -hmm. just in a very simplistic form is very similar to how kind of like branding content in a full funnel approach works. You're generating more people at the top so you can convert them at the bottom. Very often, Facebook is more of a top of funnel platform, and it's going to drive a lot of that branding and people searching for that company on Google. So a tool like Wicked Reports, being able to look at both platforms, being able to view the account as a whole, view data like the time it takes somebody to convert, the lifetime value month over month, looking at over the last year to be able to determine what like your true KPI should be and tracking your performance over time, being able to look at things through different attribution models like which campaigns are generating the best with a last click, which campaigns are generating the best on a first click. So you can see what are our bottom of funnel campaigns, what are our top of funnel campaigns. But then also the traditional model is almost broken, so to speak, because it's very focused on what did they click first that was tracked Mm. and what did they click last. So somebody goes to Google, searches for your brand, clicks on it and purchases something. Google gets 100% of the... the, the, Even though they might have... It's yeah. Like, what did they happen first? Did they see an ad on Facebook? But what happened in between there? And that's something that a tool like Wicked Reports is able to help you see is what they refer to as like middle of funnel attribution. Mm. They might have clicked three ads in between becoming a lead and making a purchase. But if you are losing the visibility on that, you lose out on on a lot of that credit. So you, you could have blog posts that are carrying people along to make a purchase, but without mm. the proper data to make that decision, you're you're just going to be at a loss. Yeah. So you could be turning something off that could be absolutely critical. Yes. Um, yep. You can on the ad accounts, we see that on multiple brands, like the one feeds the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you can you can go as deep as look into one sale and say, okay, this guy or this person click here and then click here and then whatever amount of days went by and then then he did the purchase, right? So it's the, the whole journey for every almost every sale. So it's it's really insightful. Nice. That does sound very useful. see if there's anything else what's next for the client are there any future tests that are worth discussing anything you'd like to see tried that fits the theme I would say some of the things that we've been able to uncover from a media buying side have been like certain acquisition channels that have been very promising. Like we've discovered lead magnets that are getting like a dollar seventy leads and that we can probably improve that, but they don't have proper follow-up in place. So now being able to, being able for us to go and we, we have discovered a new acquisition channel through top of funnel content marketing that now that they can go in low-hanging fruit, develop a proper email follow-up sequence, 
and now be able to just generate more. They can just bolt that on and start generating more sales like immediately. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah, that was like a, a, a discovery. They had they had a few lead magnets and like half of them were not useful. And the other half, like 50% of them were not updated. And mm. so it was a it was a test like to see the the, the potential of, of those lead magnets and see if they if it was worth to to put some effort and 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 people behind it and as Landon said, create those uh, follow ups or maybe even update the the whole lead magnet at, at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's where like a, a service based agreement turns into a, a true partnership where what we're doing on the ad side is directly benefiting the growth of their business, but also aiding in making better and more effective business decisions. Like, hey, these these lead magnets are going to be a great acquisition tool. Let's work together. Let's get email sequences, SMS sequences, and sales sequences bolted onto these because you're going to generate more money. Or yeah. the client having questions, yeah. they're considering moving into the Spanish market. So we translated ads, translated copy, and started running ads in Spanish to see, hey, what are the results? Is there some low-hanging fruit? Are we getting some signals that there is you know, some market share to be had in the Spanish market? Um, that test was unsuccessful, but you're just turning it into a partnership where you can start mm-hmm. really working together to not just like, hey, let's let's run ads to, to sell this product like it, it's far deeper and far broader than just that. That's awesome. I'm trying really to turn. I'm trying to turn like each one of my responses into like a, into <laughs> a like, nice clip. Yeah, yeah. A segment that Daniel can use. I know, trying not to do my my yeah. My family's all from New York, guys, and, and and we're Jewish. So I have this wonderful habit of of interrupting everybody just to show how passionate I am about what you're saying. It's so rude. I'm sure people will hate me for it, but I'm trying. Like when you're talking, I'm like, you guys, I've tried not to talk. So I yes, I recognize. What? Now, what's you saying? Biting your tongue. Yeah, trying to trying to bite my tongue. Yes, yes, because the the clips are good. There, you've done this a few times now, Landon. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that like on the account specifically, is there anything else trying to hit on this like full funnel content marketing thing that you're looking for any other clarity or details on? I just want to make sure I got the timeline right in the story. Um, Were our conversion architecture, any of the landing pages we did, any Google pages? There was, but nothing is nothing is in use because on mm-hmm. Google they're in this kind of like gray area of they're technically in a restricted ad category, but they just haven't been shut down yet. Um, mm. So there was some stuff from conversion architecture created, but none of it's being used anymore because the ads weren't able to be ran. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's it. Yeah, I almost feel like the the part on Wicked Reports, you could probably go into detail in like a completely separate 
post because mm. I do think that mm-hmm. just talking about the data and it's obviously an important thing at the agency right now. So I'm sure they would be all for um, not only talking about data, but potentially talking about wicked reports as well. So, yeah, I was going to make it at least its own section, but yeah. Um, on that note, we're going to need more blog posts and other things, probably videos on wicked reports. So yeah. Any quotes, quips, tips, things you love. Yeah. Send it all. <laughs> Let's go. Um, on that note, each of you, what would you say to a brand considering Wicked Reports and going, oh, it's too expensive or it's going to be too difficult or the tools we have are enough? Why should we invest? What would you say? I'd say it's actually honestly not that expensive. Um, paying $500 a month to get quality data about what's generating you the most business and how all of your paid advertising campaigns, your email marketing, your organic marketing is working together to drive sales inside of your business is invaluable. It's it's no longer a question. It's just a must-have. It's choosing which platform you want to go with. It's no longer an, even an option for any business that's serious about growing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's you can get some good metrics and good numbers with 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 leads, but when when you start uh, thinking about revenue, there that's that's uh, um, that's totally needed. I, I, for example, on this account. The, the revenue side of it, it's completely different when you see Ads Manager mm-hmm. and Wicked Reports. But on the lead magnets and um, and the free trial campaigns, the CPLs are fairly similar. So there's not much of a difference in terms of what you see on Ads Manager and Wicked Reports. But with, when revenue starts kicking in and money and ROAS, it's it's not comparable. Exactly. So say it's if not you want to... Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Federico. I didn't. It's just I'm pulling a random which one. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a matter of which one, and, and that's all. And there's a new iOS update coming. <laughs> it's not going to get better. Yeah, <laughs> now's like, the time. Chop, chop. Yeah, data is only going to get more difficult to collect. It's mm-hmm. only going to get more difficult to track the performance of your of your campaigns. Mm-hmm. If you want to be able to just like little things inside of Ads Manager that you're limited by, you know, 30 day attribution. You know, somebody opts into a lead magnet and they sign up for a sale or, and purchase 45 days from now. You can't see that inside of Facebook. You can see that inside of third-party attribution tools like Wicked Reports. Um, if you are any brand that is running traffic across more than one channel, I think it, it's it's an absolute must. Any brand that is starting to have and developing a brand like brand recognition like people would go to google and search for their stuff or their company i think it's also an absolute no-brainer you need to be able to start to triangulate where people are coming from to know where to spend your advertising dollars yeah like you're spending you're spending 50 dollars a day driving lead magnet ads you're fine to just use facebook ads manager but still like it might not be right it could be off by 
10, 20, 30% saying like over or under on any given day. So it makes it, it makes it really difficult to, to use it as a source of truth, as opposed to something that's plugged right into your Stripe account, right into your CRM for the leads that are being generated. Yeah. And that's another thing that's really important, the time frame. Uh, what I see a lot of the times is uh, getting revenue from campaigns and ads and ad sets that are not running. Uh, so that means someone click on that ad more than whatever, seven, 14 days ago. And maybe it's two months ago, but they did the purchase this week. So now we get that revenue attributed to that ad. And it's like, uh, it's like seeing what works uh, because I, I I take a look at the account and I see revenue from campaigns that are turned off and I see, okay, which was the ad? What was the targeting? What were the ads talking about? Uh, what was the messaging? So that's okay. We can try that again. We can restart that one or do go that route again and test something similar, not the same, but something uh, along those lines. So that that's invaluable too. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, I mean, I'm very happy that we're that we're getting all all clients onto it as at the agency. Amazing. Um, it's neutral, right? So as ad platforms change, something like Wicked Reports, it's not going to care if the Facebook data is better or the Google data is better. You know, it has no interest in inflating any numbers. I mean, it's going to pull what it, what it sees, of course, with the connections, but um, you would hope you, know, you can trust a third-party tool more because it's it's not biased, right? It's yeah. it's there to, to give you good data, good reporting, and to connect all the dots, exactly. not to, you know, necessarily make you, I say make you waste money. That's not what I'm saying, but it's, it's there to help you, you know, get a, a, a neutral, good picture. Okay. If you run multiple sources of traffic, that's even more important. And as Landon mentioned, it's like a it's like a business decision tool because you're going to see everything between all the different traffic sources. Uh, it's it's more like a control panel for, for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, if you're doing an article for like, you're probably not targeting owners, you're probably targeting like potentially like CMOs. It's just validity to back up your success in your marketing department to the stakeholders. Like here's, here's the dashboards. Here's, here's what it shows. This is what's working. This is what's not working. This is our growth over the last quarter. It's just, it's very black and white. It also, it's going to save you time on reporting Given internally, we spend spend hours a week doing reporting outside of Wicked Reports, but like it can just be your like this is your thing. You don't need to now go pull data from seven sources into a into a Google Sheet and then you know translate that into a graph. Like all of your stuff is just there. It saves time. It allows you to show the worth of what you're doing to the stakeholders. And same for us. Like our clients go into Wicked Reports. And they're able to just see exactly the same stuff that we're seeing and same things that we're looking at to make decisions. Mm -hmm. 
NASDAQ trust too. You know, it's, it's, it's in real time, you know, no one's pulling it. Um, you said everyone's seeing the same numbers in the same ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's nothing like the, worse the, the than like, well, we pulled these numbers, but you pulled them this way. And having oh, yeah. to have that discussion about when there's not alignment in, okay, what, what's the time frame? What's the, the attribution? You know, when you have these reports and everybody has agreed upon them, it just makes, you get, you can get down to the actual business decisions and the strategic conversations as opposed to the nuances of, you know, was it, was it five or was it seven? You know, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You don't get to the good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. I think I have what I need unless you guys have any last minute sound bites. So probably not be alive, but uh, there will be quips. I'm sure. Cool. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, nothing else for me. Oh, I think we're good. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.